everyone, this is Bob Main, and you're listening to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm doing something a little different. Uh, back in the Handgun World mobile studio, I haven't done this probably in six months and, and talking to you guys, and I got a guest with me because, uh, and actually, he's driving. Uh, we're headed up to the Dallas-Fort Worth area to teach a class. Ben Branham's with me. Ben? How you doing? Hi, everybody. We're here. I get to drive because Bob decided he didn't like to drive, so I get to do it. But I like to drive, and he was tired of it, so it's perfect. Yeah, so we're headed up uh, to Waxahachie, Texas. We're going to be teaching two-day beyond concealed carry enhanced, and we're going to get into some pretty cool topics. I just want to remind you this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. You get 10% off for using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. Check them out. Concealment Solutions holsters. I mean, I'm sorry. ConcealmentSolutions.com. Makers of fantastic holsters. And all that will be in the show notes, just like everything we talk about. So, Ben, what do you think? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the firearms world, especially with pricing of ammo and guns and stuff. What do you think is going on, and why do you think it is? Well... Let's start with this. November 13th, Friday, lucky Friday the 13th when we're talking. And I knew everybody that's a small dealer has seen this before, saw this at the beginning of COVID. As soon as Biden looked like he was going to win, when the election results started coming out, I was like, great. Everything is going to double in price. And sure enough, you went to the gun show and everything is way up there. Ammo is harder to find than ever. Guns are getting in short supply. It's going to be this way probably until 2021, and we'll have to see what President Biden is going to be able to ram down our throats as gun owners. He's going to try, but I want to give you some hope, too. Remember, if you haven't been in this world for a while, I've been in this world for 25 years now, maybe 30 in the shooting world. We thought it was the end of the world in 1994 when the original... What was whatever the the Bill Clinton assault weapons ban? That one we thought it was the end of the world when that happened, and it wasn't. And then in the late '90s, when they had all the lawsuits going against all the companies, where Bill Bill and Hillary were trying to put all the gun makers in America out of business. Good things happened to that, and we survived. And then we survived 9/11 and that that crap storm, and then. President Obama got elected. We survived that crap storm. And then we survived the 2012, the great ammo shortage of 2012. We survived. We're this is here. a little worse, I think. This might. This is definitely longer. Um, <laughs> and I think it's going to keep going for a while. But I think there's a lot of alarmists out there that just keep going, well, that's it. The gun industry's done. Joe Biden's going to get rid of this. He's going to do that. And we are done. Just ammo, do, uh, ammo companies are just going to... And gun dealers are just going to shut their doors everywhere and we'll never ever... No. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And it's pro- and if you figure in military contracts, it's a trillion dollar industry. It ain't going nowhere. We just well, need to... It's just going to change. Well, it's going to change. And I want to make a comment about change. You know, Ben, about a year ago, I saw somebody on Facebook put up a comment and they said something like, well, I guess the gun control industry or gun control movement is dead now. And they couldn't have been more wrong. And I just want to, uh, I want to warn people, never think that the gun control movement 
is dead because it's about to ramp up full speed ahead and uh, you know we we need to be we need to fight we need to stand up and fight we can't roll over like pussycats we need to stand up and fight and that's on every level that's on your local level with your local reps representatives your mayors your governors your whatever the heck they are um, I think we need to apply a lot of pressure and support the people who are going to be going to court to save our Second Amendment rights, too. What do you think? I think that out of strife, good things come. I've been doing this for a long time. I look at the history. In 1994, when that passed, the next election, the House hadn't been flipped from Democrat forever. It was Democrat for probably 20 years before that. And it flipped. They, they put that bill in, and it flipped. And everybody there saw it. Even Clinton, in his State of the Union that year, said, wow, there's a lot of new faces here, but it was worth it to get that bill through. And it was worth it for him, but all those other people looked out and went, it wasn't worth it for us. And so things changed. In the late 90s, when they tried to sue the gun, all the gun manufacturers into oblivion, that all of a sudden we had the gun manufacturers that wouldn't talk to anybody before that. I mean, it was tantamount to treason if you had somebody that worked for Beretta talk to somebody that worked for Smith & Wesson or Ruger or anybody else. You'd be probably fired on the spot in the early 90s for talking to anybody that worked for another gun company at the time. And then after that, they all pulled together to get the uh, Commerce and Arms, the Lawful Commerce and Arms Act passed. They all came together under the... Uh, gosh darn it, I forget the name of the company that throws yeah, I up, forgot. That throws up SHOT Show every year. And uh, NSSF. NSSF. And they're now, gun companies, they, they freely swap ideas. They help each other out on stuff to get the, to get the industry better. We're, I know they're stealing technology from each other, but that's every industry. But they honestly, that the industry rose greatly. And in 94, we had like four or five companies that made ARs, and that was it. And of those four or five, you know that there was three that made lower and upper receivers. Yeah. That was it. You, yeah. You think you had some super-duper gun? No, there was three companies that cut lowers and uppers for ARs, and that was it. doesn't yeah. matter what gun you got from whom. It was one of those three that made it. So now we have thousands of companies, and that was because of the crime bill that these big companies said, we're not going to play this game. We don't want to be in it. We're not doing it. And all these little comers saw that they had this huge uptick and everybody wanted an AR now because they're illegal assault weapons. Yeah. So everybody just took off the parts like the bayonet lug because, you know, how many drive-by bayonetics we've had in the last hundred years. Oh, that's an evil item though, Ben. Yeah, it makes the gun more deadly because you know, you know, all the people that have been bayoneted in yeah. America, yeah. Um, probably two in the last 20 years. we got to stop all the mass bayoneting. Yeah, so... But they, the smaller manufacturers went nimble enough, and they came in, they put stuff up, and now we had thousands of companies that were making ARs. And then that, and then we started consolidating them all again, and Remington bought up a bunch of them, and now they're bankrupt. And so I hate to sound overly hopeful, but I am hopeful that we'll get some cool innovation out of this. Whatever Biden throws at us, we'll fight, we'll stand up, as a community again, just like we did in 2012 and 2013 when we thought we were going to lose everything. Yeah. We stood up on a national level and they couldn't pass any gun control. They well, did it at the state's level, but not at the national level. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you just said a whole bunch of good things there. So let's zero in on some of that stuff. You basically said our industry is strong, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think the people in it are strong. And when we all stand together, man, there's, there is... A hundred million plus of us now, gun owners. Yeah. And that's what we got to do. We got to stand together. I know there are people listening to this show right now that um, that voted for <clears throat> Sleepy Joe Hyden Biden, <laughs> and um, that's okay if you voted for him. Uh, you know, uh, I wish you hadn't, and and I wish that Trump would have won. And and for people who who still think that Trump's probably going to win, I think it's um, every day that goes by, it's probably more and more unlikely that anything is going to get reversed. So I think we all need to prepare and get ready for President Harris. Uh, Oh, no, I did not misspeak. Um, It's going to be President Harris, folks, and we're going to have a president by committee. I can guarantee you that. In about six months, we're going to, you know, Sleepy Joe is going to go fall asleep, take a nap in his basement, and and Kamala Harris and the whole cabal of committee gun grabbers, they're going to take over, and they're going to actually be running the country. So we have, I think, a huge fight against us. And I know I may have rubbed some feathers when I said that, but it's it's the truth. I don't. I mean, the guy can't the guy can't speak three sentences without slurring his words. I don't think he's going to be in that office or have much power for very long. So I think if we unite, I think we can stand strong. Don't you? Yeah, I think you're probably right. But on the po- so on the plus side of that, the sound, I'm going to get on the hopeful side again. Sleepy Joe or Creepy Joe, I like Creepy Joe better. And Crazy Kamala get in there, and six months, a year go by, and Sleepy Joe falls upon an unfortunate accident that will look a lot like a suicide or a heart attack, or maybe not that, but at least not fit for office or. Yeah, since they were already messing with the 24th Amendment. 25th. 25th, thank you. Before the election, hmm, you know, that makes me wonder if they didn't have something in mind. And don't think that Pelosi doesn't see that she's third in line for the president all of the time. So I don't think that that's an underway. But on the plus side, I know this sounds horrible, but they're in office. They start in February. He dies. No, January 20th. January 20th. He dies somewhere at the end of next year or the following year. Or becomes really ill. Or, yeah, or they pull the 25th Amendment on him and they vote him out. It will throw the government in an upheaval. And when that happens, nothing productive, I say, quote, productive, nothing that, no agenda that either side wants is going to get anywhere. Most likely not. And what I, yeah, sorry, I'm hopeful because that's what I want my government to do. I want you to do absolutely nothing. Yeah, divided government is actually probably a pretty good thing. It's a good thing for us as citizens because then they don't ram things down our throat like, I don't know, <laughs> Obamacare. Yeah. Now, I'm going to make a prediction, Ben. I'm going to make a prediction and, you know, let's see. I mean, it's November 13th I'm making this prediction in in the year 2020. But I think they're going to, with gun rights, I think these, these leaders are going to get so radical. I think they're going to get so absolutely radical because make no mistake they even put it on the website their ultimate goal is is to take our guns i don't think you'll ever get away with that but i think they're going to get so radical that even the people that voted for them when they find out the real truth that they're going to want to take away a lot of their gun rights i think there's going to be a lot of resistance to that don't you yes 
And I think they're going to do it smarter this time. They're going to do it a little piece by piece. We've already got the ATF messing with stuff. Right. We've got to pay attention to that. They're going to change the import laws. I want another CZ pistol, the CZ uh, Scorpion pistol. Yeah. I want to get one of those quickly because they're going to mess with the import laws and that's not coming in. They're going to outlaw that thing from coming in because it looks evil. I mean, just it looks like a little submachine gun. They're going to go, nope, that's a nasty assault weapon. Has no sporting purpose. May not be imported in the United States. Oh, you know, you just said something interesting. Let's let's talk about the ATF since you just brought them up. Oh, I hate them. Well, yeah, I do too. <laughs> but you know, all sleepy, creepy Uncle Joe has to do is direct the ATF to start making criminals out of some of us that own certain kind of weapons. And, you know, if you think he's going to wait on Congress to pass his gun control laws, think again. Um, He's going to use a lot of executive orders and a lot of ATF policy changes, don't you think? Yeah. He's going to try to... He's going to make most of the ATF... Well, here's my prediction. And we can't stop that unless we go to court. Yeah, there's a bunch of ATF agents out there that are good people. And I don't want to disparage them. And some of them are out there on the front lines actually hunting bad guys that are illegally transferring guns. Right. Those are the guys that I want to support, and I don't think they should be part of the ATF. I think they should be part of the FBI because, well, maybe they'll get something good. But I don't know. The FBI is being a pain in the ass lately, too. But then there's the other half of the ATF with just their administrative branch that all it does is compliance with all the laws. I think I think that it would be really easy to take all of those good agents, make them compliant agents too, and send them out to all the gun shops to do audits every three months. Yeah. And yeah. do complete and utter audits of everything. And then start finding people for problems that they're having with their paperwork. You can't sell 10,000 guns a year and not have a problem with the paperwork. And a little inside baseball here, ATF, um, imagine this, that they're messed up. You have one agent come out to you and talk to you, and he tells you you need to do the forms and everything needs to be done this way. So you say, okay, no problem. You change your, you change what you do on how the forms are signed. Three years later, another agent comes in, and he goes, oh, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this way. So ATF agents can't even get their crap together to figure out what the form should look like and how it should be signed. When I worked for a gun shop, it would change all of the time on how that form needed to be filled out. Yeah. And most of the ATF agents, when they did a, an inspection, they wouldn't say, oh, going forward, you need to do this on the forms. They would say, oh, all these forms that were done wrong, you need to call all those people that filled out the form and have them come in and fix their form. See, now what you're pointing out, Ben, you're pointing out the ridiculousness and you're pointing out what we're up against. Um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, it's it's not going to take much for for these loons that are going to be in in the presidency and vice presidency and in the Congress to to make us miserable as firearms owners, and they don't even have to go to Congress. It's amazing. I you know I, I see a lot of comments on the internet. Oh, don't worry, the conservatives have maintained control of the Senate. You know, there are a lot of things that they can do to bypass Congress to make our lives miserable as firearms owners, right? Yeah, and you said conservative. And when I, when I hear conservative, I think people that follow the Constitution of the United States. When I say conservative, that's what I mean. Not many of those. How many Republicans do we have in there that truly follow the Constitution of the United Not States? Not enough. Um, 
I'd say we're lucky if we got half of them on the federal level. Right. So the conservatives are really not in control of the Senate. But on that part, I'd say that they, those half that don't, I hate to say believe in the Constitution, but don't take the Constitution at its word above all else, those other half, they would love to see all the guns gone in America too, because then they know we can't fight back. So I'm going to all our guns. They we're just SOL, and now it's Russia and KGB. I know I said Russia, but yeah. you know America has done this crap before, and people are like, "Oh, it never happened here." No, we have done it. You know, I was I lived in California, grew up in there, and when I went to school, they actually did good history. Man, we put Japanese American citizens in internment camps in World War II. Yeah, that was only seventy years ago. I know it was a couple generations ago, but. This is something that America has done. And now look at where we are now with mass mandates and all sorts of crazy stuff going on because of COVID and can't go to church. Yeah, so don't think that our that all these guys in our government just because he's a Republican or she's a Republican that they got your back. I, I no. No, they don't. So no. so I have a question, Ben. So knowing what's coming you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I better go out and buy this and buy that and get this magazine and that gun before the bans come. I take a little bit of a different approach to that, okay? I think it's very likely, very likely, that um, they will get through some kind of ban on magazines, for example, that are more than 10 rounds. And... And I think they're going to make us criminals for owning, even just owning. So if you go out and buy 15 Glock mags right now, Glock 17 mags, because you think that that they may get banned, well, you may have just purchased a whole bunch of stuff that's going to turn you into a criminal when they get this through. What do you think? Maybe you purchased 17 felonies. Um, I don't know. Well, I hope it doesn't go that far, but yeah. still. But well, still, uh, maybe maybe what you might want to do is go out and get a good revolver. Maybe that, what you want to do is go out and get another gun that does hold less than 10 rounds. There's a lot of good ones out there. Smith & Wesson Shield, for example. Maybe you want to get stuff like that, Ben. Maybe. Um, this is where you and I have... We've had... How many discussions have we had on this since uh, the election started? A lot. <laughs> In the last two weeks, we've had... A week and a half, even. 10 days. Crap. It's only been 10 days. We've had this discussion four or five times. So you and I totally disagree on this. I okay. think this is going to be a slow rolling train, just like it did in 94. And I think that, honestly, the making you a, felony, a felon for owning magazines right now is a bridge too far. That might change in five or ten years. But right now, I think it's a bridge too far. They tried it in California. It didn't work. They had to grandfather all that stuff in. And then we had a couple freedom days in California after that. Right. So now it's it's almost an unenforceable law. So I think the same thing's going to happen in 94, that they'll put a law in and they'll say that all everything has to be 10 rounds or less going forward. And you can grandfather and keep your old stuff, but you can't give, loan, sell, or anything. Your yeah. extended magazines. Well, we'll and, see about that grandfather clause. Well, they did it last time. We'll see what happens. But California did it, too, to start with. Yeah. And then they did it that you can't... And then New York did that you can't put 10 rounds in your magazine. You can only put seven. Yeah, well, they changed that pretty quick. So we get, there's a lot of things out there like that. 
that seems like there's a bridge too far. And that could change in five or ten years, depending on what happens. So it seems like, Ben, this may come right back to the Tenth Amendment, states' rights. Each state is going to decide what they're going to want to do about, about firearms. You know, we have a lot of them right now that are more restrictive. The states are more restrictive than federal law is. Well, and I'd kind of like to go back to that, too. In the original Constitution, we look at it, the original Constitution was meant to limit the federal government's power. The Tenth Amendment, especially. Not the state's power. So, is it legal for the state to put on restrictions on your firearms? That's really, really fuzzy in there, and I'm a Second Amendment guy telling you that that's really, really fuzzy in there. And I know the Supremacy Clause, and I understand all of the arguments. I'm not sure I agree or disagree but there is a point where there's a bridge too far, and I think that's where the federal government needs to step in. The federal government's never going to step in and say that, oh, you're too restrictive. Come on, under the administration we got looking in right now, you think they're ever going to step in and tell no. California? No, in fact, it'll never be far enough for them. So that's what we got coming. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm calling people to fight. You're going to have to fight. And those of you who did vote for, for the, uh, the administration that's coming in, I hope you stand up and fight when they come to try to take away firearms or your accessories. Because they are going to try. They are going to try. Now, people say, oh, that'll never happen. They'll never come take our guns. They're going to try. Believe me, they're going to try. And I think we all need to be ready for that, don't you? Yeah, unless there's something that happens in the world like uh, (coughs) COVID that makes them too busy to do it for the next eight, four, eight years. I don't know, however... Maybe 12, depending on when Sleepy Joe goes sleepy forever and Kamala becomes president. I don't know. It's a hard one. but I, well, So let's go into what we can do right now. Yeah, what so can you, we do right now instead of speculating about the future? What can we do now? You think, you're think you thinking way out in the head of me and farther ahead than I am. I'm okay. thinking back to 2012, 2013. I gave the same advice I'm going to give now. You need to have a rifle for anybody that can fight in your family you got to be prepared for that. That's worst-case scenario. I want to fight this on the legislative level. I want to fight this in the courts. I want to give money to the Second Amendment Foundation. And hopefully, for God willing, the NRA pulls their... Out of their backside. Yeah, and figures out how to do things again. And we can get them fighting for us again. And if not, I hope they go away in in a national group. Maybe gun owners in America. I don't know. Maybe somebody will take their place. Takes their place is what I'm hoping. But I want to fight there. But we need to be prepared to fight in the street, too. So you need to have a rifle for everybody that's in your family that can fight. And that that means probably an AR-style rifle. They're the best thing there is. That's why the military carries them. That's why militaries all over the world carry them. You know, something like that. Yes, you could have something weird. I don't care. Whatever you want. It needs to be a fighting rifle, self-defense rifle. You need to have a combat loadout to be able to go in there. And a combat loadout is seven magazines for your rifle and three magazines for your pistol. Okay. So you need to have that and you need to have enough ammo probably to fill fill out at least twice. I would say six mags for your pistol. Well, so I want you to have dozens of magazines for all of this stuff. I'm talking a minimum. If you don't have anything right now, if you just bought a pistol that came with two magazines. Get four more. First of all, is it a big enough pistol to fight with? If you bought a pocket Glock, it is not big enough to fight with. You need to buy a full-size something that can fight. And then you need to buy a rifle that can fight. If you 
if you already have that stuff, you're in a good spot. If you have enough ammo like I do, you're in a good spot. I've got plenty of pistol ammo. I've got plenty of rifle ammo laying around. I've got plenty of magazines laying around. It's not time to panic. It's time to wait and see, and let's find out what happens. Save a little bit of money here and there so that you can buy ammo when you find it at a good price, so you can practice and go train. But other than that, I'm in a big wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens. Yeah, let's wait and see. And, you know, a lot of people have been sending me comments recently, um, and they've been appreciating some of the preparedness topics that I've been talking about because I used to do that back in the day uh, on a different podcast. So we're kind of getting into that now, aren't we, Ben? We're talking about what can you do from a from a self-defense standpoint to prepare. Yeah, and if you want to keep going after you have a couple loadouts worth of ammo, and I say loadout, that needs to be good ammo, not cheap fodder crap that's full metal jacket for your pistol. No, self-defense ammo. Federal HST 147 or 124 grain uh, hollow points, a lot of them. I've gone to the 140, isn't it 148 grain or is it 147? I'm having a brain fart. I've gone to the 147 HST, not the plus P's, just the regulars and everything because it performs well in a long barrel, a short barrel, and the medium four or five inch barrel. And I've gone to the same thing in 124 grain, just because I was able to collect a lot of it. (laughs) So that's that's my thing of choice. If you can get it, go for it. If not, you know, get what you can. It's good self-defense ammo. After that, you might think of a good way to hide that rifle and carry it with you. We're on a road trip right now. My rifle's in my giant bag that everybody laughs at me because I bring. Um, The funny thing is my AR is broken down in there with six magazines sitting next to it. So we're on a trip today. I got the rifle. If we need to get home, I'm going to get home. You need some good 223 or 556 ammo too. Well, that's, yeah, good ammo. Um, I run uh, PMC X stack right now, the 55 grain stuff. Yeah, I have some of that because it runs awesome in my rifles. It's super accurate and it's fast enough. Cause it's the actual five, five, six stuff where I still get a really good yaw and self-defense stuff goes on at shorter ranges at longer ranges. It doesn't perform as good as some of the other stuff out there, but you know what? It's half the price. I still can get it. And I've got thousand, probably 2000, maybe more sitting around. So I am good there. And the pistol rounds, I'm good. After that, like I said, a way to hide the rifle, to break it down and take it with you. A good bag for 75 bucks. I bought one. Works awesome. After that, uh, you might think about body armor and a helmet. That's super expensive to buy plates and armor. I don't know. But that's as far down this self-defense rabbit hole that you need to get for spending money. Yeah. So what? So I think what we're saying is little by little. I mean, I just got off the phone with my brother, and I said, you know, when you got an extra $40 to spend, pick up a box of your ammo that you like. And the next time you got another $40, pick up another box of ammo. And if you keep doing that and buying magazines here and there, believe it or not, after a while, you're going to have quite a collection, won't you? Yeah, you'll have plenty. And that's how I've gotten everything over the years. It's not like I went out and bought a case of magazines, and now I have... 200 AR mags, I probably have over 100 AR mags lying around because I've been buying them for 20 years. And watch the sales, catch the sales, and when you see those, take advantage of them. Or when I'm in a gun shop and I was there to browse around and there was a good deal on AR mags, I would just pick one up. I pick two up. You know, I just buy a couple of them, throw in my bag, and forget about them. So that's how I came up with, I, I don't know, I found another. I, I was looking for something for the class today, Bob, 
And I found another box of AR magazines that I forgot about. Oh, shucks. So there's probably 20 or 30 AR mags in there that I had forgotten. Oh, shucks. Poor you. Poor <laughs> poor Ben. I just have them lying around everywhere. They're like tribbles. They just keep popping out just because I've been buying them for 20 years, though. I need to go through my stuff and find the extra 1,000-round case of 9mm that I think I might have. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> I found one of those the other day, too. When oh, I, I'm not I so lucky. Everything. But once you get down there, that's as much as you need to go down the gun world and the preparedness. We need to go down the other preparedness, too. You need to have enough preparedness stuff if the world doesn't end and we have to fight the zombies or we have to start the next revolutionary well, it's war. Not gonna, that, I don't think it's going to go that far. Yeah, well, so you still... but I'm a no tinfoil hat kind of guy. I, yeah, I make a joke about it. But yeah. So now you got two combat loadouts. you got body armor. you got a rifle. you got a pistol. You got all the stuff to carry them and a helmet. You're good to actually go fight combat. You don't need anything else. You can't support anything else. Doesn't matter. I got news for you. You can only carry a couple lo- combat loadouts of magazines or it's too freaking heavy and you'll never go anywhere. So don't worry about that stuff. I want to get into the other stuff if the world doesn't end and we just have rough times. And it probably won't and we probably will. There you go. Um, are you saving money? Do you put cash aside every month? Do you have a nest egg that if you lost your job that you could survive for a while? Or are you living paycheck to paycheck? And of course, I know you're not going to get there right now. If you've been living paycheck to paycheck for the last five years, you're not going to be, you know, save up six months of expenses tomorrow. It's going to take you a while. Just like buying ammo, put a little bit of cash aside every time you get paid. Right. Take 10. If you were smart, you do what the Bible says and take 10% off the top and save it. Well, the Bible says uh, get, get tithe to tithe to God first, and then start saving. Then save ten percent. Well, I wasn't going to get all religious yeah. on you, but no, yes. we're not preaching a sermon here. But but right, that's yeah, exactly what the Bible says. So I don't know. Even if you don't believe, um, that book has been around for uh, two thousand years, and the people that follow it do pretty well in life. So maybe save ten percent of your paycheck every every week. Just put it in a bank account. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just put it in a bank account. That's never a bad idea. Yeah. Um, now, my philosophy is um, is 15%. I um, am not quite there yet, but I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not just saving 15%, but investing 15%. And really, right now, lately, I've only, I'm only about halfway there because of some challenges that I've had that I'm about to overcome. But... You know, you need to work on that and uh, get on a budget. It, it works. You can get a budget put on your smartphone for free and get on that. And as life goes up and down, so go this. If you have a nice big fat savings account, you're set. Yeah. I mean, right now, I took a job where I had to step way back, especially in my pay, right now until I can get a bunch of sales going where I will make more money than I did before. But right now, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, but I have a nice big fat, even through COVID and I was laid off and all this other stuff. You know, when the government sent us that check, I put it in the bank. Yeah, me too. Government sent me extra money every month for being uh, laid off, unemployed. I put that stuff in the bank. So I saved a bunch of money through all of this. So right now, until I get sales up at my real job now, I've got money that we're going to have to dip into and my dad's all worried about it too i just talked to him on the phone and i'm like dad i've got at least a year at my current burn rate before i have a problem because i'm only pulling a couple hundred dollars out 
to $500 a month out of my savings. I've got a long time to burn through before I have a problem. Yeah, same here. And that's the thing, you know, that's going to get you through, this is more common sense stuff. It's going to get you through more uh, challenges than bullets and beans. You know, a lot of people, oh, I got to collect bullets and beans. Well, you know, it's it's more than that. You got to have a more common sense approach, I think. Well, we just talked about the bullets. Let's talk about the beans a little bit. All right, let's talk beans. After you get cash going, you should save some food. You should have extra food in the house. You should have a couple weeks of food and water in your house. If we turned off the water spigot to your house, and yes, it would be rough without a shower and stuff, but would you have enough water on hand to drink so that your family wouldn't go thirsty? And would you have enough food on hand if you couldn't leave your house... I mean, like, boarded up the doors, can't leave your house. For two weeks, do you have enough food and water inside your house where your family's not going to be hungry or be worried about it? Well, Ben, we just went through that. We just went through that when COVID started. I mean, we have a popular grocery store here in San Antonio called uh, H-E-B. And I remember going to H-E-B, and there was very little bottled water to purchase. There was very little toilet paper. They were rationing meat sales and eggs. They were even rationing egg sales for a while. I think you could only buy two cartons of eggs per customer. You know, we just went through that stuff. So if you got extra, you know, eggs store for a long time. So if you can buy extra, then buy extra and do it now. Yeah. Well, like I said, you want two weeks of that stuff on hand. Figure it out. You need a gallon of water per person per day. I'll give you that one. So you need to figure that. That's for cooking, washing your hands, and eating. That doesn't include a shower. Forget a shower. You can go two weeks without a shower. It'll suck. But, you know, we'll get to that one in a second. The first, and then food. What do you have? Look around at all your meals. Do you have enough food to eat for the next two weeks? And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, if it's top ramen, that kind of sucks. But it would be better if it's the normal stuff. We started stocking up. We're like, oh, this could get bad. And you know what? My kid's comfort food is macaroni and cheese. There you go. So we bought a couple cases of macaroni and cheese and stuck it in the closet. Now I've got like 50 boxes of macaroni and cheese. And your kid would probably be happy if uh, if that was his diet for a while, right? Yeah, if he had to eat mac and cheese for a week for dinner... He'd be fine with that. He'd probably be fine if I gave him mac and cheese for lunch and dinner for two weeks. He'd probably be fine. And I've got enough boxes sitting there that I could do that. So why aren't you doing stuff like that? And that a box of mac and cheese is 75 cents. If you buy the craft one, if you buy the cheapy one, it's like 45 cents. I mean, we can all do little things like that. Canned goods, too. Canned goods, too. You know, canned food is not that great tasting and probably not all that nutritious. But if you had to get through a couple weeks on it, I don't think you're going to die. No, and it works. And it's cheap. And at this point, we are not going to buy any mac and cheese unless we see it on sale. We're just going to let that... I, I give the kid mac and cheese once or twice a week. Yeah, just use your supply. And we use the supply. And then if we see it on sale, then we'll buy some more. That's and the thing is if you stock up on things you already use, then it's it's never a waste of money because you already use it. Yeah, and then you can wait for a sale. If you go into the store and instead of mac and cheese being $75, 75 cents a box and you get two boxes a week because you feed your kid that, it's $1.50 a box. I go, hey, I'm not buying mac and cheese this week. You know, save money. Don't get me wrong. Ben and I are not saying that the preferred nutrition for your children is macaroni and cheese. We're talking about emergency situations. And this is just an example because I can think of it off the top of my head. It's the first thing I thought (laughs) of because our 
our boxes of macaroni and cheese sit on the top shelf of our pantry and I almost pulled them all down when I went to try to get something next to them and like they all fell on me like yesterday morning so it's fresh in my mind that I got hit in the head with a freaking box of mac and cheese so you know I remember mac and cheese right now yeah uh, but after that the it starts to go down you just let your supplies dwindle and then when mac and cheese goes on sale for 50% off or 30% off then you buy another case of it and you just refill all that stuff and you rotate it from the front to the back and yeah. you're done and then you could do that with everything with eggs um, anything that will last a long time frozen meat um, anything you buy canned food anything you buy for a long time you can do that and just stock up on it and then make sure you have two weeks uh, I like to have two weeks of the dried stuff so I don't have to worry about it if my fridge goes out yeah. You know, COVID, if the fridge went out, there wasn't a guy that was going to come to fix it. And for a while, we weren't sure if we could go get another fridge because of, you know, what what stores are going to be open or not. So, you know, this is kind of a wake-up call for all of us. It is. And if this does not wake you up, then I don't think you're ever going to get woken up. And, um, you know, we've, um, we've gone on about this stuff for a while. Let's do another five or ten minutes talking about this. And I got one more thing regarding firearms that I wanted to discuss. Okay. I was thinking, um, what did I say with this next thing? I had a, I had a topic to go. Oh, sorry about here. that, Ben. I, I do derailed you there. Totally derailed. All right, that's okay. <laughs> well, I'll take over then. It's never a bad idea to buy the extra stuff that you're going to use. I mean, let's talk about stuff that stores easily. I almost, I remembered hygiene, Oops. hygiene, hygiene stuff. Yes. As I try to crash the car because everybody in front of me. Stops. It's it's my handgun world <laughs> mobile studio, Ben. Please don't crash it. No, uh, but hygiene stuff. We saw that that is a problem all of a sudden, right? All the toilet paper went out at the beginning. You need two weeks to a month of hygiene crap on on hand. Paper towels, toilet paper, wet wipes or or baby wipes are awesome if you don't have any water to take a shower in. Oh, they are a godsend. Send to listen to this from the Marine that didn't wasn't able to take a shower for almost two and a half months in hey, Iraq. You know. Yes, I know. Baby wipes are a godsend. But so stock up on that stuff. It's super cheap right now, even with the whole thing. And right now, um, hand sanitizer is even cheaper than I think it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Because it's everywhere. Everybody bottled this stupid crap. And disposable masks. Yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, you might want some of those. Get the paper ones, the surgical ones. If you're going to stock up on something, either get the N95s or the the actual surgical masks. Don't don't stock up on all the stupid cloth masks we're all wearing right now because they are not as helpful as they should be or they could be. The paper masks are much better if we had a real pandemic. Where because we have, we now die. have this, Ben, we now have this, um, we have this new constitutional amendment, don't we? The constitutional <laughs> amendment that says that you, Shall you're mandated wear. to wear a certain article of clothing being a mask. Oh, we don't have a constitutional amendment for a mask. It, pe- people are acting like we do. Uh don't get me started on that. I'm oh, okay, to be, I won't get you started. I'm trying to be in the middle. We're trying to be positive and, and be in the middle. All right. Yeah, because there's people on both sides of that conversation that I think I should just throw off a bridge and do the world a favor. You know, the people that are driving around in their own car with a mask on and think you should be doing the same or everybody's going to die. Just do me a favor and don't listen because you're a pain in my butt. And then the other people that are like, it doesn't matter. It's all a freaking hoax anyways. You no, it's not all a hoax. We got something like 220,000 Americans dead now. I know they're inflating the numbers. I know the numbers aren't correct. But 
even if the numbers are fourfold inflated, more people died of COVID this year than will of car accidents. So it's a real problem. And the numbers would have to be sixfold inflated for the number of people that die actually be murdered. No, six? I'm going to have to freaking math real quick. 20, almost 20 times inflated for the murders for it to be less than people died in murder in a typical year in America. This is a real problem. It's an issue. And I worry about it because, you know, what's going to be next? What are they going to do? That's my worry is what's going to be next when, you know, when COVID finally gets behind us a little bit, whether whether it's a vaccine, but then, you know, nobody should mandate that you get that vaccine or whatever it is that slows this down, something else is going to come up. Yeah, and this, if you listen to the real experts that study this stuff, this was a baby pandemic that didn't have a high death rate and didn't have a high, um, actually, a rate of transmission. It was higher than some of the, anyways, numbers. If you go into it, this was a pandemic on training wheels. And if you look at our government's response, they failed. Now look at your own response. Did you fail or did you do it well? Yeah, that's the thing. Is we, we, we don't have a whole lot of control over what our government does, but we have 100% control over what we do, right? Yeah, so look back in March and April. What did you have to do? Could you stay at home and order food, or did you have to go out and get it? If you had to go out and get it, you were not as prepared as you could have been. And that includes the, all this uh, technology crap. I'm trying to teach my parents, my friends, everybody I know how to use food delivery apps because they've never done it before. They're like, "What? The, the they'll you can you can you you can do this? I'm you can like, order it and it's brought to your doorstep." Now we all know it, but before that, you know, in March, not everybody knew you it. You do They're pay significantly extra for that, though. But that's why you have money saved up. That's why you have money. So if this wasn't a uh, whatever the transmission rate. If it was 10 times that, you would not want to go to the grocery store. You would not want to see anybody face-to-face. You wouldn't want anybody touching your crap. You wouldn't want anything. You'd board up the house and wouldn't leave. Well, if you can get somebody to deliver your food to you, you do what we did. We put it in the garage and let it sit there for three days and then pull it in. Anything that wasn't perishable and anything that was perishable went straight into the fridge or the freezer to kill the virus anyways. And then we washed our hands, washed the counter, all that stuff. So if you didn't do this well... If there was things that you thought in March that you needed that you didn't have, let's shore that up. Let's figure it out. Let's write it down, and let's fix it for next time. Yeah. Okay, this is all really good stuff, Ben, and we'll talk more about this maybe um, uh, Sunday while we're um, driving home after the class. So one last thing about guns, and first of all, um, I want to say that if you guys like what Ben and I are talking about, you can get a whole lot more, and you can support us. We don't... um, we don't get paid a bunch of money from big name sponsors writing us checks every month. We're just a couple of everyday guys and we need to stay in business. So we need your support. And we put a lot of this information in a lot greater depth on our Shooters Club. Uh, and you can join for as little as $8 a month, ShootersClubMembers.com. And we got a lot of stuff on there, don't we? I just put up a dry fire class. We've got like 80 videos. We've got... Uh, probably 20 extra podcasts up there right now. There is a lot, a lot of content uh, over there. And speaking, I'll go ahead. If you run out of content over there, let us know. We're making new stuff all the time. And speaking of the Shooters Club, Anti-Gun PayPal 
cut us off. They won't take our payments anymore. anymore. So, you know, the hell with them. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be a family-friendly show, but I couldn't resist on that one. So all of you who are members of the Shooters Club and you've been using anti-gun PayPal to pay for your membership, we're asking you to do a huge favor. A huge favor, please. You probably got an email from the from PayPal saying that your Shooters Club investment did not go through. Uh, please send us an email and we'll send you a whole new link so you can use a different payment method. And uh, and we'll send you a discount code for your troubles. Oh, we're going to discount your memberships, yes. We're going to discount your annual memberships and your monthly memberships. But we're proud of the Shooters Club. Uh, it's probably about a five-year project for us, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably going on six now. We've been working on it for a long time. That's yeah. how long we've been putting content in there, too. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're at about the 45-minute mark, and I think that's a good stopping point. Ben, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Woohoo! <laughs> I had fun. Folks, thanks for listening. Um, this has been another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main and, and Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. Join me. And um, we have another class coming up. So you can go to our websites, handgunworld.com, modernselfprotection.com. You can see our listings there and uh, see the works, the work that we've been doing. And uh, we're going to sign off. We're going to... Any last words, Ben? Don't don't think this is the end of the world we've survived a bunch of other stuff we'll survive this too we will survive you have to be a survivor um drop me a voicemail if you want 210-646-1727 i'll put you on the show as long as you keep it clean keep it well thought out keep it knowledgeable and uh good or bad just be prepared when you call in on the voicemail and you got three minutes to make a point thanks for tuning in remember shoot straight Shoot safe. We'll talk to you next time. How can people be so 